0: how to lose some extra body fat without sacrificing performance. Now, of course, there's going to be a little bit of a caveat with this, as always, because, you know, there's going to be some generalizations that we're going to just have to make when it comes to, you know, fat loss, performance, and things like that. You know, generally speaking, health, health-centered topics and things like that, it's going to vary person to person. But generally speaking, it can apply very well to everyone so across the across the spectrum here okay now i will also go ahead and say that fat loss and performance they are contradictory all right so please recognize that they are contradictory in order for you to perform very well you have to be fueling effectively in order for you to experience fat loss you're going to have to be under fueling to some degree beneath your, basically below your maintenance level. Okay. But I'm going to give some, some good general overarching things here that can help you prevent you from feeling like you need to just slash your calories by 500 calories a day, because you know, all too often as a coach, I will go ahead and say this. And I know tons of us out there who are also coaches can, can relate to this. We will time and time again, get folks who come to us, athletes who come to us and ask Hey, Jen, I want to lose an extra four or five pounds because I want to perform better at this CrossFit competition, or I want to perform better at this mountain biking race that's coming up. I, I just know that when, I'm, when I weigh less, I'm going to perform better because, you know, and I'm saying that in quotes, I'm not saying like that that's what I believe in. You know, I'm saying that that's what individuals come to me asking to lose those extra few pounds, those stubborn extra few pounds and blah, 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 blah. And maybe this is you, maybe you've even said these things and that's because diet culture just persists. It is, it is pervasive in our dialogue with it, whether we realize it or not, diet culture makes us think that the lighter we are, the better we're going to perform and the better of human we are and all this other bullshit. And I'm here to say that that's not always the case. All right. If you're trying to slash calories and you want to lose those extra four to five pounds in like a month which is just not rational or or reasonable by any means, depending on how much weight you have to use, lose rather, then, you know, you're looking at losing a pound a week. And uh, that could be for most people, 500 calories less a day. And 500 calories less a day over a spectrum of time, over a span of time is going to lead to lower performance levels, lower libido, less recovery, shitty sleep, poor mood. You're going to be moody as AF all the time. You're going to have less performance indi- or lower performance indicators, not even necessarily in your sport, but also in your work. Whatever you do day to day to make a living, you know, that thing that gets you that paycheck every day, every week, whatever, that could be impacted because you're slashing your calories so much in an effort to try to lose weight dramatically and drastically. And in the long run, it's just, it's not going to help with performance, all right? So today, I really wanted to talk about marrying you know, how to not impact your performance as much. All right, that is going to be the caveat because there is going to be a little bit of performance, potentially a little bit of performance um, hurdles that you might experience and just decrease performance overall while in a fat loss phase. But my goal today is to help you try to minimize that loss of performance and help you kind of get a little bit more awareness around what you're eating and how you're eating. And then what, what are some changes that you can potentially make that could shift you to a little bit more fat loss, leaning out a little bit more without just slashing and reducing your performance uh, to, to, where, to the point where you just feel miserable. Because <laughs> I just, I don't want anyone to feel miserable, all right? I know I don't like to feel miserable and I don't want you to feel miserable, all right? But if you do feel like you have an extra few pounds or an extra little bit of body fat, and I don't even like to say extra few pounds because honestly, body weight is one of those elusive things that we were constantly chasing and quite honestly, your, your body weight, I've had countless clients over the years. Oh my gosh, dozens, dozens, dozens of clients out of the hundreds that I've worked with over the years that have lost body fat, but have not lost body weight. Let me say that again. They've lost body fat. They've increased muscular, you know, their muscular stature. They've increased their muscle on their, on their body and they've decreased the fat, but their body weight has stayed relatively the same but you know visually they've lost fat and increased muscle and you know by inches lost that they've lost fat and have increased muscle. So please know that, you know, when I say like fat loss, I'm not necessarily always meaning weight loss. All right. So a little bit of a, a m- misnomer there. Um, but please, I want, I want you to know that this is not sort of gi- some sort of gimmick, you know, where I stand. It's very evidence-based approach, not only with you know my clients, but also with evidence that is, that is out there. All right. So please know that this is a method that has been proven time and time again with myself, with clients that I've worked with over the years and other athletes and, you know, not only just in research studies, but really also with my personal experience with, again, myself and hundreds of clients I've worked with. Uh, but please let me, let me, let me see, let me, let's go ahead and dive in here. So first things first, I wanted to ask you, hey, do you know how much you need to eat every day? And by that, I mean, truly, truly eat, not just a quote unquote, hey, I have an idea or yeah, I kind of know what I need to eat. I mean, do you really know how much food you need to eat in a day? You know, and have you ever tracked your food before, whether it's for a day, a week, a month, however long. And, you know, I want to go ahead and start by saying that tracking your food intake does not have to be some sort of laborious task that you have to take, you know, part in every day. And it's really not as awful as you think. People think it's awful because it sheds light on what the hell they're eating. And yes, it does take time. But quite honestly, if you spend time on social media, or if you spend any amount of time scrolling social media, or, you know, checking email or something like that, just take away five to 15 minutes of that every day. And boom, You've got the same amount of time that you need to go ahead and track your food intake for the day. Seriously, you know, five to 15 minutes and 15 minutes is like very generous. Like for me, if when I do actually track my food, it takes me three minutes a day. I'd say like an average of a minute a meal because I've just done it so long. It's so natural for me in three minutes a day. Oh my God. I'd much rather spend three minutes a day knowing what the hell I'm eating and how I'm eating and how I'm feeling, especially as I'm leading up to a race or a huge event to get some awareness and accountability behind that and how I'm feeling for my endeavors than spend three minutes on social media. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, but please, you know, it's not as laborious and t- time consuming as you think. I really recommend starting with downloading a free food tracking app. There are things out there like MyFitnessPal, uh, MyMacros Plus. There's also a variety of other different tracking apps out there, but I will say those are probably the two most popular. MyFitnessPal does have a free version. However, the free version doesn't necessarily have barcode scanners and things like that. But quite honestly, you know, if you're eating a more whole foods centric diet, your food's not really going to have barcodes. So that shouldn't be the limiting factor on whether or not you use a tracking app or not, just because it doesn't have a barcode scanner that comes with the app. I mean, seriously, you should be eating like potatoes, rice, like you should be eating things that are pretty simple that may not always come with a barcode on the package. That's a whole other discussion. Now, uh, just start whatever food tracking app you like to use start it. I'm not, I'm not here to start an argument over which one's the best one out there. Okay. Cause we all will have opinions. Ooh, another one, actually another one, um, is chronometer C R O N O meter, all one word. So my macros plus, and Chronometer. I have a few clients who use Chronometer because it does sync with my health coaching app that I use with my clients. And I'm, I'm really liking it. I'm liking the interface a lot. Unfortunately, I'm not able to see what they're eating specifically, but I am able to see kind of what their intake and stuff is. But still, they liked, they like Chronometer. So I don't know, give it a try, give it a try. And it's also reasonably priced too. Now, I will say a lot of these apps... Have a fairly extensive food database that is absolutely searchable and it can make entering your food intake for each meal even easier when, um, when you don't have to necessarily think about it. Okay. Now, when you're tracking your food, please know you don't have to measure and weigh your food. You don't have to count your macros per se, or, you know, doing any type of counting and measuring like that. The only thing you need to do is to be honest with yourself. Don't use this time for you to track your food for two weeks, one to two weeks as a time for you to quote unquote, clean up what you're eating, because then you're going to have false information. And what we're trying to do with this first week or two of of tracking your food, ideally two weeks of tracking your food more regularly throughout the, throughout the day and throughout the week is to build awareness around what you're eating. So don't Use this time to say, oh yeah, I'm going to eat more whole foods centric type of of meals. Now's not a time to clean up your diet. Just build the awareness around what and how you're eating first. And then we can reflect upon that, right? Now, excuse me, if you do eat out and you have a meal out, great, you know, great example is like, hey, I went to a Mexican restaurant down the street, all right? I ordered uh, the mole and... I have no idea because it's a locally owned Mexican restaurant. I have no idea what the hell the nutrition facts are. That's fine. What's really cool about food tracking apps that are available today is, again, like I said earlier, they have a food uh, database and it's a very extensive database. So I can just look up chicken mole, you know, and I'm going to have some options. And what I usually recommend is that when you search for something, you're going to look for the highest caloric uh item <laughs> that's in the database and then you're going to look for the lowest caloric item. And what I suggest is kind of picking something something in between those two extremes. All right? Unless you know for a fact where you're like, oh no, that tasted that tasted fatty. <laughs> kind of like uh I actually just had a cookie the other day from a French restaurant. It was a chocolate chip cookie. I am a sucker for pancakes and chocolate chip cookies, okay friends. But it was from a French cafe. And And you know I'm not really tracking like I don't track my food. Uh, I just kind of know I've done it for so long. (sighs) Man, it was buttery. I mean, come on, it was from a French restaurant, and but I knew right as I tasted it, I was like, oh damn! (laughs) First of all, it was delicious. It was an absolutely delicious chocolate chip cookie, and uh, I just had half of it because it was really all I wanted. And but it was definitely buttery, like super buttery which of course that explains why it was (laughs) incredibly tasty but you know i knew like oh yeah okay this is going to be a little bit of a fattier cookie and that's fine you know i was happy with that so then i knew at dinner time i was just going to maybe have a little bit of my less uh less um less of the avocado and things like that that i was putting on my dinner later that day all right so it's kind of like a little bit of a balance but please know that when you're eating something and you're like, hey, that tastes really oily or that's really greasy or, you know, just has that like flavor, flat fat flavor in your mouth, then great. You be honest with yourself and just choose something that's higher fat, all right, when you, when you are logging your food. And again, this is where it builds awareness because we're not looking for perfection here. We're just looking for you to have one to two weeks of tracking your food under your belt so you can bring awareness to what you're actually eating. Whatever you do, don't try to be perfect, all right? Just aim to be as accurate as you possibly can be. And if you're not sure if you ate, I don't know, a cup of rice or a half cup of rice, you know, because you're just eyeballing the hell out of this, that's fine. Choose somewhere in the middle. It doesn't matter. Just get something in the app. And try not to adjust it after the fact when you're finished with a day. You know, like, oh man, I had like 2,800 calories. I didn't realize that. Not to say that 2,800 calories is a lot because actually that's a minimum for quite a few of my my athletes, especially athletes who are performing at a high level. All right. So I'm just using that as an example because it's this is, these are conversations I've had recently with, with clients. Okay. Um, but the goal here is that when you're tracking, just aim to be consistent with your tracking again for a week or two. And be honest with your portion sizes. Be honest with your portion sizes. All right. Now, you're probably thinking, why the hell does this work? I have no idea. This is going to be time consuming. It's going to be a pain in the ass. Yes. Yes, it is going to be a pain in the ass. You want to know why? Because obviously what you're doing right now might not be working. So you want to keep doing what you're doing right now, but you want different results. Okay okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm here to shed some light on that way of thinking. And I know I sound like a raging asshole by saying that, but if you want different results by still doing the exact same thing that you're doing right now, then I think that's like the definition of insanity. I think that's what like, isn't that a quote from Albert Einstein or something? Someone smarter than I am. Um, And I have to say that there's a lot of validity to that because you're wanting different results by still doing the same thing, I don't know how else to label that. I really don't. You have to get a little uncomfortable. You have to do things differently. You have to change something in order to see some sort of results. Okay. The, the whole purpose behind tracking your food is to build awareness because awareness is key in making any type of progress simply because you're you're just more cognizant of what you're regularly putting into your pie hole by removing any type of guesswork. And I especially love it when people say, oh well I eat I eat healthy. You can eat healthy, but you can still be overeating. And I think that sometimes that that falls on deaf ears and that's not something that's regularly understood you know you can still be eating healthy and still be eating mostly whole foods and less processed foods but you could be overeating or you could be undereating i will say undereating is also a common thing that i see but when it comes to fat loss time and time again what i'm seeing folks do ultimately is actually overeat and what i'm having them usually do when they do start working with me is yeah track your food for a week or two let's get let's get real about what we're eating give me a snapshot then i can kind of look and give them some insight, and help them eat more consistently throughout the week. Because this is the thing that happens time and time again, is a lot of the athletes are under-fueling during the week, and then they're over-fueling during the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So three days out of the week, maybe even one other day during the week, because, you know, happy hour with colleagues and all this other stuff, or like, post mountain bike beers or whatever people do right so three to four days out of the week and they're seven days in a the week they're overeating but then they're eating really well three of those days maybe four of those days so they're undereating throughout the week they're white knuckling they're being good quote unquote and then the weekend comes or socializing comes or the wedding comes or the holidays come or whatever PTA meeting comes and then they're overeating They're having, you know, four slices a pizza instead of maybe their usual one to two. So it's, that's where there's a little bit of a misnomer, like, you know, because sometimes I'm even, I've even been known to say like, hey, I'm actually having my clients eat more food and it's not necessarily a false, it's just I'm having them eat more food regularly throughout the week because what they're doing is they're eating 12 to 1400 calories every day most days of the week, quote unquote, most days of the week, but then the wheels fall off when the weekend comes because they're hungry. They're hungry AF. They've been under eating for quite a few days during the week. And now the weekend's here and they're out with friends. Yeah, they're going to have a whole pizza. Yeah, they're going to have six beers. Yeah, they're going to have like six margaritas. Yeah, they're going to have the whole chips and salsa at the table. Yeah, they're freaking hungry. I mean, so that again, is why we want to have a good baseline of how much food you're eating in a couple of weeks. So track your food, all right? Now, after your one to two weeks of tracking your food intake, what are some initial observations upon looking at your food journal so far? All right? Are there any surprises that you found with what you ate? Take some time. Take a couple of days to reflect on what you've eaten, you know, and kind of just start to think about like, okay, what are some surprises about how you found you know, um, what you what you drank and what you ate. Maybe you drank more alcohol than you thought. What was your overpro oh, here's a good one. What was your overall protein intake each day? Mm, we'll talk about that in a minute. But most importantly, how was your energy on your your bike rides, on your runs, on your whatever sport you're doing, right? Whatever activity you're doing that season. How was your energy on that? How was your mood? How was your sleep? How was your recovery? Did you feel ready to go for your next training session? Then there are three things that athletes can do differently with their nutrition to have a greater impact on your overall energy demands and any goals that you may have to prep for any type of fat loss and things like that, including if you want to get, you know, a little bit leaner, if ultimately that is your goal. All right. Maybe that's not your goal and that's fine too. Your goal is your goal. So those three things to help with some fat loss without sacrificing performance as much. First thing is ensure that you're eating adequate protein to support your lean muscle retention, strength, and recovery. The second thing is to time your carbohydrates around your training and events and be sure that you're eating ample carbs to support your recovery. Carbs are needed for a healthy functioning thyroid carbs are your friend. They're not an enemy. And all too often I've inherited a nutrition client from another nutrition coach, unfortunately, that has slashed their carbohydrates and has increased their fats, which I'm, I'm thankful to at least see that, you know, cause then calorically they're, they're at least getting good carb or good, uh, calories in. <sighs> However, they're eating, you know, roughly right around a, less than 150 calories or 150 carbs can't talk today. Then what I'm seeing is that they're eating less than 150 grams of carbohydrates in a day. And usually for most people, again, blanket statement, but for most people, 150 grams or more of carbohydrates every day is going to be an ample intake for carbs to help with your thyroid actually functioning properly. I know I'm not going to go into that because that's going to be a whole other wormhole, rabbit hole, whatever. And I'm not going to suck you down that, but Time your carbs around your training, and be sure that you're eating ample carbs to to support your recovery. That's going to be at least 150 grams. I can almost guarantee you. Um, third thing, eat more non-starchy, colorful fruits and vegetables. Please, for the love of dog. <laughs> All right. So let me let me go ahead and expand on a uh, on these things a little bit more. All right. So the first thing, eat ad- adequate protein. Protein is needed for almost every cellular function in your body. So it is necessary to have it in your diet Um, for you being an athlete who is seeking performance. All right. You could survive without protein for a bit, of course, but you're an athlete who's seeking better performance and a little bit of fat loss. So yeah, you're going to need some protein. All right. Now look at your food journal Look at your food tracking app, all of that, right? And just see, you know, hey, did you notice if you're eating an optimal protein at at every meal and maybe even every snack? And when I say optimal protein source, I mean that we need to make sure our protein sources are ideally a complete protein. You know, for example, nut butter, peanut butter, I'm sorry, I hate to be the needle in your big red balloon. But it's not really the best option for a protein because most of our nut butters out there, peanut butter especially, uh, not even peanut butter especially, just any butter, any nut butter, you're going to need. So (laughs) if you're using nut butters as a source of protein, the amount of nut butter that you need in order to get 25 to 35 grams of protein in a serving is a lot. All right. But ideally, you want to get 25 to 35 grams of protein in a serving per meal. So I would not use nut butter as a protein source because it is actually a fat source. So ideally, most of us should be getting, again, 25 to 35 grams. Sometimes if you're a larger individual or, um, you know, I'd say weigh maybe about 170 pounds or more, you're going to need to be getting closer to about 50 grams of protein per meal per main meal. So if you're having three meals a day, great. Yeah, that's 150 grams of protein. I'm going to go ahead and share this a little personal here, but I weigh 119 and I eat about 140 to 150 grams of protein a day only because it feels good. And I fuck, I freaking love protein. Like I really do. I love protein. It's like my favorite. I have protein shake after my, my workout. I feel amazing don't have any aches and pains in my body. Like, yeah, it's, I love protein. It makes me feel good. Check my urine. My urine's fine. I also don't have any kidney function issues either. So I like in that range, my minimum every day is about body weight. It's about 120, 20 grams of protein per day. For me, again, it's so easy for me that I actually don't have any problem getting that amount of protein in. Um, how I do it? I have an egg bake every morning along with Kodiak pancakes because pancakes, that's going to have extra protein in it. My breakfast starts usually with about 50 grams of protein right there. And I don't even try it. It's just a regular 600 calorie breakfast. I have coffee. I have fair life milk in my coffee. So fair life milk also has more protein in it without having lactose in it. Um, at lunchtime, I have a chicken thigh and a half, um, with some rice or some sweet potatoes and a full salad on the side. Again, my lunch is about four or 500 calories dinner. Again, about the same. All right. Cause I'm getting about 2000 calories or so right now. And I'm actually, I'm actually in a little bit of a cut right now and I'm able to, I'm able to cut at 2000 calories 1800 to 2000 calories because I have muscle on my frame and because I'm, I'm, my metabolism is very flexible. All right. Um, and it's because I haven't spent all of my time in a diet because diets fucking suck. Like no one's meant, no human body is meant to diet endlessly. All right, friend. So please know that I'm giving you this insight because this is the potential of kind of what you're able to do. You know, and I'm not even leaning out that much. Like, it's not aggressive. That's the thing. I'm like eating maybe 200 calories less than I normally do. And I don't, I don't even feel it. Like, we'll talk about this in a minute. But I'm just saying this because it's not a lost cause, all right? And if you've been in a diet for weeks and months on end, please give yourself a diet break. Please. I think I did a podcast episode on that. And oh my god, if I have not done a podcast episode on that topic of taking a diet break, I need to but i'm almost certain i did several months ago if so i'm going to link it in the show notes because this is necessary listening but ideally again try to aim for about 25 to 50 grams of protein per meal if you look at your hand great imagine your hand without your fingers or your thumb look at the palm of your hand that is about how big a protein portion should be it's going to be a little bit different if you're a plant-based uh, athlete but still You know, you might, again, you might still be lost on that whole thought of like, oh my God, 50 grams of protein. Like how is that even freaking possible, Jen? And I thought our bodies couldn't process more than 30 grams of protein at a time. Bullshit. That's false. That's false. It's false. It's just, there's not enough time in the day to like battle the misinformation that is out there. And sometimes I, sometimes I get so infuriated when I see Insta coaches, quote unquote coaches, they're not even qualified, share things like this. And it's very frustrating. So but I want this to be a happy episode. <laughs> but I'm I, I'm not saying this to confuse you, but I'm just telling you, I'm trying to I'm trying to elicit a response for you to really just wake up and and, and smell the protein. Alright. <laughs> so you know your body can process more than 30 grams of protein at a time. And we can safely consume protein as long as your overall health of your kidneys is good. If you have obviously chronic kidney disease, then yeah, maybe don't aim to, you know, pound the protein. You don't need it. But again, that's generally something that is reserved for people who have chronic kidney disease and need some sort of attention or dialysis, All right? Now, ideally, protein sources... Can include any type of animal product, of course, as well as plant-based proteins and any dairy products that don't necessarily trigger any sensitivity or allergy or things like that for you. Again, we're so, we're each so individual that really all of this depends on what you enjoy cooking, what you enjoy eating and digesting, as well as your culture. All right, since all of these things can influence so much about what you really love to eat and what you really really try to eat. But again, aim to consume a palm size protein, a portion or a scoop of your favorite protein powder. All right. At most, if not all of your meals, if you are an average size female or male, um, or a smaller individual, again, it's kind of like a window here, but I usually use about 170 pounds as like the the line it to be considered if you're like a, a larger individual because like you know i'm obviously smaller and my demands will be a little bit different than someone who's who weighs like 160 or 170 pounds all right so if you have more mass your body's going to need more fuel to to function all right um but again it's it's tough to say because we're each so different But if you're a larger individual, I'd say like 160, 170 pounds. I mean, again, there's, it's hard to make a hard line here because there's not really anything without actually calculating your specific needs based on your specific activity level and things like that, that I do as a coach with my clients. So please know, I'm not trying to be fuzzy here on purpose, but I also am because it's hard to say without actually being your coach, but I'm just trying to give you some guidance here. Okay. Because again, there's no hard and fast rules, All right? So that's tip number one, is just aim to eat ample protein to help support your muscles and recovery and things like that. Generally, if you were to take, all right, if you were to take um, your body weight in pounds and multiply that by 0.75 to 0.8, so 75% to 80% of your body weight in pounds, that should be how many grams of protein you should aim for every day. That's a good, excuse me, that's a good minimum to aim for. Okay. So hopefully that helps a little bit more. Second thing, aim to eat ample carbohydrates and time them around your training. So again, carbs are your body's ideal source of energy since it is really more readily available and it's more efficient to process when we truly need it, especially before sports like, you know, mountain biking, for example. Now, given the nature of many sports and activities in general, carbs are often the best source of fuel, period. So it's really important to include them in your pre-workout meal, as well as in your post-workout meal to help with recovery needs, okay? Now, including them in your pre-workout meal allows us to, or allows you, really, to be well-fueled for your training um, because the carbs, again, they're just more easily available, They're not, your body's not having to break down kind of what is in your liver and your muscles as fuel. And then again, including them in your post-workout meal allows you to replenish any type of glycogen stores, which are basically the stores of carbs within your muscles and liver that we may have burned through during our training um, or workout or whatever. And that in turn can help speed up your recovery and also your readiness to really get to your next training session. All right. Now, generally, the, the aim here for consuming a minimum amount of cup of uh, carbs is a cupped palm. So you take your hand, you cup it like you're going to splash water on your face, right? So have one or two cupped palms of starchier carbs before and after your workouts. And again, this is about 25 to 50 grams of carbs total. And it it, it depends on hand size and things like that. But I'm just giving you some ideas here. Some examples of starchier carbs include things like potatoes, rice, quinoa, some breads, cereals, pasta, oatmeal, things like that. Now, of course, some of those things are going to have more fiber than others, and that's fine. That's fine. Before your workout, you might want to minimize your fiber just to help minimize gut upset and things like that. But experiment and try to have try to have some uh, some nice carbs before your workout. And you'll notice that even if you're in a little bit of a cut or a little bit of a diet, You'll notice that your energy is actually still really good for your workouts and things like that. Now, last but not least, of course, the third and final thing, eat more non-starchy, colorful fruits and vegetables. All right. Of course, you know, tracking your food, if you did for a week or two, that might make you realize, holy hell, I hardly eat any uh, vegetables. You might eat some fruits, which is awesome. I'm going to give you a high five for that because it's better than nothing. But you might notice that you just don't eat a lot of vegetables. And I'm here to tell you that vegetables and fruits, they're going to be necessary for a really strong immune system and a really strong response to recovery after your workouts and after your training rides and things like that. And I'm really just trying to encourage including more vegetables and fruits, especially colorful items, you know, into your diet because health and because of micronutrients. It helps with vitamins and minerals. It helps you also just feel better and you know, again, it's just it can help with so much. Um, can help with your overall energy, it can also help fill you up and make you feel less hungry. Especially if you are considering doing a little bit of a diet, a little bit of a cut, then great, include a little bit more vegetables because it's going to have greater volume. It's going to have uh, it's going to fill you up a little bit more and just keep you less hungry. When I say colorful vegetables, I including fruits, you know, I really mean things like greens spinach, spring greens, cabbage, broccoli, zucchini, cauliflower, peppers, tomato, cucumber, carrots, onions, like mushrooms, all of that. Just pick things that you like. If you like bok choy, great. Go for some bok choy, whatever you like and, and try to aim for those things. Now, of course, if you don't digest vegetables really well, especially if they're raw vegetables, then guess what? Cook your vegetables or figure out what vegetables don't upset your stomach. It's going to take some exploration. But what I don't recommend is just not having any vegetables at all. You know, maybe if you're having some issues with this, great. Seek a registered dietitian. Do some clinical work around what vegetables might not be working really well for you, okay? But if you have an issue getting some vegetables into your diet, I really recommend a fist or two of spinach into your smoothies. If you make smoothies or shakes or things like that, oh my God, blend them up with some fruit. Boom. Boom. You'd be so surprised at how much new, how many how many nutrients and protein you can get into a smoothie by adding some protein powder, adding a couple of fists of spinach, adding a banana, adding a little bit of apple, like whatever you like. And it sounds awful, but it tastes delicious. Spinach is pretty like you don't really notice it in sm- smoothies, you really don't. I promise. But again, you know, like next few weeks, think about tracking your food for a week or two then looking and reflecting on what you're eating and be honest with yourself. Are there some things that you're reaching for a little bit more? And, you know, are you drinking alcohol a little bit more than you thought you were? And, uh, maybe you're not eating enough protein. Great. Then think about the next three steps from that. So you track your food, you reflect on your food and become aware of what you're eating. Then your next few steps are make sure you're eating enough protein, time your carbohydrates before and after your workouts of course eat carbs as you need to in the other meals but if you're going to cut a little bit of of food from your overall diet to help you know maybe with fat loss then you're going to want to have your carbs timed perfectly around your workouts and then make sure you're getting in some colorful fruits and vegetables to help satisfy your 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 cravings and also help satisfy just your micronutrient needs all right so hopefully these few handful of steps have helped you discover a way to have performance not be as impacted as maybe you've experienced in the past whenever you've done diets and things like that we really ultimately want to you know maybe do a small a small reduction in your food intake if you did notice in your food journaling that yeah you know hey maybe i am eating a little bit too much especially on the weekends great then let's go ahead and just across the board Maybe try to cut like a snack, you know, or, or hundred to 250 calories out of your day and just see how that feels and then go from there. All right. But try not to just slash things 500 to 750 calories a day, because then you're just asking for crabby performance. You're, you're just going to feel like you're just going to feel awful. You're going to have no energy. You're moody. Your libido is going to be in the tank just you're not going to be performing and then you're not going to feel like performing because you're so bloody tired. All right. I've talked enough about this friends. I know going on 37 minutes here, but this is something I'm so passionate about. But ultimately the main goal here is just to bring some awareness around what you're eating. Okay. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do rate it, subscribe and share it on social media. If you do that, I will be forever grateful and I will catch you next week. All right. Have a beautiful day.